0: in diese Stadt so lieb heißt BVB BVB 001 Borussia Dortmund du bist unser Leben Borussia Dortmund du nur ganz allein Borussia Dortmund hast uns so viel gegeben
1: Welcome to episode 30 of the Russel Dortmund Fan Club podcast, and as they say, time flies when you're having fun, and we're going to have great fun today because our guest is Abel Mesaros, who I've known for some time. Abel is a uh, an analyst, a football analyst with um, Sport1 Hungarian television. He's like the, in my view, he'll probably cor- correct me, but in my view, he's like the um, He's like the Rafa Honigstein of Hungarian ball TV. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he also writes some great articles for Talking Fußball and uh, and also um, for the Yellow Wall podcast. And for years he was involved um, in a very much a leading way on Bundesliga Fanatic, which is uh, a magazine which I've written for a lot myself and I really like. Uh, I really think it has its place in the world. Um, and uh, it's really great to talk to Abel because he has amazing skills and uh, really is an expert in analyzing the Bundesliga um, and uh, along with Lars Pollmann is one of the guys that I really admire in this space. So welcome to the show Abel and uh, we're going to talk about Vos let's uh, do like a season review. How are you today?
0: uh good uh great Thank, thanks for uh having me and um thanks that uh finally able to talk uh on the air i know we, we talk a little bit uh off the air and we, we we do go back uh if i can sort of reveal and peel back the curtain a little bit we we go back to the bundesliga fanatic days where where, where our paths uh, crossed and um obviously um i follow your work and and um appreciate what you guys do for uh Dortmund. I, I am um, sort of a Dortmund fan as well, uh, although my my my, uh, my fandom is, is is much less uh, in the foreground these days. As uh, doing uh, sort of this for a profession, you know, sort of analysis and, and 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 consulting and these kind of things that I do now. But I did I did get my 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 start um, being somebody who who uh, I mean, as a, as a Dortmund fan uh, all, all the way back in the nineties, but but. Uh, then as uh, somebody who started doing this for semi-professionally as, as a blogger and then sort of a podcast uh, and TV pundit and then I think I think uh, that's that's where I am that's where I am today and I'm uh, I'm happy happy with those comparisons I uh, actually even a little bit flattered. So.
1: That's really cool. It's really good to hear. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean I've definitely been following your your work and. Um, I really appreciate having somebody with that kind of expertise to talk about Borussia Dortmund in the 2021 season. Um, A season which basically has turned out different than I think we would have expected about a month ago. Um, It seems to have picked up quite a bit. And um, I'm actually really surprised that it seems to be coming to what could potentially be an incredible um, climax uh, at the end of the season, where we could not only be picking up silverware, but actually making it into the top four as well for the Champions League. So um, I guess kind of like the themes we should talk about really are um, the impact that Lucien Favre leaving had uh, has made on the club, but also what, um, what the difference Edin Terzic has made, um, and then perhaps also looking at some of the transfers in and transfers out, mm-hmm. and then seeing like a, a prediction uh, of what uh, Marco Rosa might bring in in the summer. Mm-hmm. So if you're happy with that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, I just want to say, like, before before we get started, that I feel like there's been like five Borussia Dortmund seasons packed into one, just because of like the the, the preseason expectations. Although I think they were probably a little bit lower than um the the previous couple, where where it was like a goal that was set by Vatska and everybody that that they're gonna win the title. And I think I think there wasn't really an explicit goal uh, this season as much and. Favre kind of going into the season as a coach that's not going to be extended, and 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 it's never really good. But then then I think you know that 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 good start, and then you know the, the the terrible ending, and then Terzic, and then you know there was the 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 slide and the Champions League and the Pokal. and I mean there's a million different things, and I, I just feel like there's been so many things. I probably I'd probably like um as you as you um have in the show notes, that it's like the the 1718, you know, the, the Busch-Stöger season, which I, I think probably this is even a little bit crazier than that because of the COVID situation and not, not having fans and those kind of things.
1: Absolutely. It's been a strange season, and uh, I think that's a very good comparison with 1718 18 and um, Peter Stöger, who I met and uh, really found him to be an absolute... A fantastic human being. And I think he did an incredible job taking over, getting us to Europe um, in a season where Peter Bosch had, work, had walked out uh, or been walked out. But um, on the same note, um, you know, I also thought that uh, it was wonderful to see Peter Bosch joining uh, Bayer Leverkusen and actually been given another chance and doing actually mm-hmm. well until recently um so he clearly you know Dortmund didn't get it that wrong um a lot of the roots of the problem of BBB for me stem from um essentially Thomas Tuchel leaving and um I think that um you know Tuchel has gone on to do extraordinary things I don't think but I think it's perfectly obvious that yeah. he has. Uh and so perhaps we didn't get it that wrong neither with Peter Bosch nor with uh Tuchel but at the end of the day um you know Working with Vatska and Sorg is clearly not the easiest place to be around. Mm -hmm. And and, and as as I've always made the point, um, I don't feel that Dortmund is a place for every coach. I think it's the kind of place where you either love it or loathe it. It's a bit like Marmite. I don't know if you've ever eaten Marmite before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm not a big fan, yeah.
1: That salty black spread that the English have yeah, yeah, yeah. on their toast with butter. Um and I think that Dortmund is a place is a bit like that. If you if you fit in, if you're the right guy, if you're the guy who really understands the Wuger beat and feels comfortable, then it's the place for you and basically Dortmund becomes a second home like it did for Kloppel or to some degree mm-hmm. also for Hitzfeld, but I think uh, Tuchel was just not the right guy for Dortmund and Dortmund was not the right club for him ultimately and a lot of our problems stem from there i don't know if you would agree with me but just talking about Favre i feel that Favre was given pretty much all the money that he wanted to spend on the club i mean he spent 130 million um, but basically I don't think he ultimately delivered. Um, I, I think most people wouldn't argue with that. He, he ultimately didn't really deliver what was, what people were expecting from him. And, uh, I think they were hoping for a sort of new, uh, my Hitzfeld uh, in terms mm. of, the type of coach that he was.
0: I'm not sure. Like, I mean, I, I'm always like against the idea that the coach is the one spending the money because most of the time they really aren't. I mean, that's why specifically in Germany there are sporting directors and, Dortmund, uh, have a legendary one in Michal Zork, who, Absolutely. um, I mean, I think, I think that, the, the, so, so, like, to, to, to come to more of the ruler problem, I, 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 think, I mean, I am a, I am a fairly big supporter of Lucien Favre and, uh, maybe, maybe one of the last people who has a condominium on uh, Lucien Favre island. But I think, like, <laughs> um, one of the, like, one of the issues with Dortmund is that they, they basically make two types of transfers. I mean, there's gonna be problems with analogies, like with with all of them, they're not perfect, but they really obviously make a killing of the identifying the young talent, and and that that's something that they do with the scouting department. And okay. uh, obviously, there's millions of examples, and whether that's somebody that comes uh, even like before they're a professional or they're eligible, it's beside the point. From you know Pulisic to Coco to, to to anybody, so either they come through the academy and and, and play there, and then there, there's a huge pathway for. From guys like uh, Nuri Shahin to well, even the ones that they sign at a young age, like um, Jaden Sancho or Erling Haaland, uh, lately. Um, so um, it, I guess it's like Marcus Puláva is, is the chief scout who, who deserves a lot of the credit there. But the one that the, and I think that the root really of the issue is that obviously those players are going to need time to develop, and it's very hard to win championships with seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-olds because their form, as we as we saw, like Gio Reyna, I think, is a perfect example this season. Is that um he's had a very very good start of the season and uh, like basically um difficulties for a long time and now he's coming back again that's very very normal right for 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 somebody who's barely 18 but i think where they do really have been getting it wrong is is the the people that they sign inside the bundesliga it's like dortmund have a problem evaluating the bundesliga and i think I, i've 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 said this a couple times but not maybe not so exclusively, but, um, if you, if you look at sort of some of the, the transfers that they have made in the, um, in the Bundesliga over, over the last couple of years, just, just, um, just basically, um, from, and it, not, not exclusively in, in the Bundesliga necessarily, but, but also, like, the veterans, like, basically, whoever's a non-young player, like, I kind of want to say, like, who is the, um, choice or who's the player that came at a a sort of a non sort of you know youth player age um that's been a success and there really there really aren't too many of those guys yeah so um it's been something like 300 million that they've they spent on you know on a number of players and uh you can you can go back to Basically, like, I think, it's just like maybe the last four or five years and, and of course, all of those transfers are, um, are offset by all the great player sales or all the great moves that they made on, you know, like the Usman yeah. Dembele, like where you, where you buy him for 15 million and then you sell yeah. him for, you know, 150. Yeah. But, but then, you know, it's like, it's like all the, all the money that you, that you, you know, like, I think, um, I was the early, one of the earlier guys who, who pointed out that, uh, it, it wasn't going to work out with Andre Schürrle or Mario Götze. Like to, to have such a discrepancy where, where you basically don't have a, uh, yeah. an established player or somebody who's coming into the peak ages, right? The peak performance ages in football are generally somewhere yeah. between like 23 to 28. And, yeah. and it seems like even like Mo Dahoud, right? Like Mo Dahoud is now, uh, now a standout player, but he didn't also play the first, like, I don't even know, like there's 15 games, I think this season where he was, uh, where he wasn't even in the squad. And even Terzic had the falling out with him and, and, you know, and, and it's been like three, four years with Modahud and, you know what I mean? So there's, there's, and, and of course there's more, more, much more complex than that. And obviously, but, but when you have this, this, this thing that, that over and over again it happens and then you kind of have to think like, well, something, something's got to be, got to be done wrong.
1: Yeah. I, I tend to agree with that. Um, I think um, there's quite a few names that I would be quite happy to literally forget forever. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they bring back quite bad, very bad memories of, of huge disappointments and uh, and uh, and, and, uh, and 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 hopes that were not fulfilled ultimately. And I think that Julian Brandt is particularly one of those where I would have had massive expectations and hopes that. Um, would be the new Andy Muller, um, but um, you know, please feel free to correct me if you don't feel that he's. No, innocent.
0: no, no, I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly, and it's like some of those I I, I supported as well. Like I, I you know I, I didn't think that Morgan Hazard was bad. I thought Julian Brandt was going to be, you know, I mean it was ridiculous that like I don't know if you remember, but like his buyout clause was like twelve million at, at some point, and it, and it just went up to like twenty five. that Dortmund triggered, and I was like, it's still a bargain because, I mean, I I I, I did a. Very long, like a video analysis of Peter Bosch at Leverkusen and when he was playing Julian Brandt as a, like a left-sided eight with you know, It was one of the more, more beautiful, uh, teams to watch, just how fluid that was. And I'm just like, well, you know, with Lucien Fab, who also, you know, likes to, likes to control the possession and likes to, you know, and we were in transition. I mean, I, I got a chance to watch Julian Brandt live a couple times and, and, and I mean, I thought that, okay, there were questions about his, I don't know, like level of intensity, I guess, as a person and training, and whatever, but, uh, I thought it was gonna work out, you know, like I didn't think it, it, and, and it just, it just, it just hasn't, and, and he, you know, he has, he had moments, but, uh, far, far too few, and, and also some of the other ones, like, I, you know, not to go through all of those transfers again, but, but like, uh, some of them, at least like half of them were not bad ideas, or some, or at least ones that you could talk yourself into, but the problem is that, you know, once that everybody knows that Dortmund has money, you know, like because you you've sold the Dembele's for 150 million, or even like when you got the 105 for Hummels, Mkhitaryan, and Gindigan, Um mm-hmm. then then you know you <laughs> or, or you know that they're they're gonna get the 100 million for Sancho or whatever 150 for Haaland. That other it just seems like they're always buying the the outlier season from from the player, and that's what I think that's what it's a, it's a very um, it's a very common sports business. Thing. I think the NBA, they do a lot of studies about this where you're paying for the outlier.
1: Being used in the way that Usman Dembele, Emery Moore, <laughs> Or even, um, Jaden Sancho, to some degree, you know, we don't want to be a development club, basically, literally a development club for other bigger clubs like Manchester City I mean, or, or whatever to come yeah, and buy players because, because we have a vested interest in seeing silverware at the Westfalen Stadion and not necessarily just the DFB Pokal, but we actually want to get, you know, trophies, major trophies. We want to win the Meisterschaft and, You know, but we should never forget that we're in a league with FC Bayern München, who are (laughs) literally one of the top (laughs) five football (laughs) clubs in the world. So Dortmund, you know, it's a pretty big thing that they're trying to achieve. And I think we're more similar to Atletico Madrid in La Liga than we realize. We may see ourselves as perhaps, you know, as the number two in Germany. But actually, I think we're more like the Atletico Madrid and La Liga, which was basically a club which is essentially is punching way above its weight all the time. And, you know, this may just be Atletico's season because Barca and Real are having a bad season. And you know what? That resonates with me with a lot of seasons where BVB won the title, where Bayern had a lousy season, and we just happened to be there when, when the chips were down. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, I think we as BVB fans sometimes have too much of a high expectation in terms of what's possible. Yeah, I agree. We forget where we're coming from as a club, and we forget that the region of, of Dortmund is not a financially powerful region and economic. It's a region of high unemployment, a region of mm. you know, former steel and coal mining, etc., which has had massive challenges and which still suffers yeah. from a lot of poverty, basically, mm. um, compared to many regions of Germany like Hamburg or Munich, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so at the end of the day, what Dortmund relies on is a massive network of of, of hundreds of small middle-stand companies, small to medium-sized enterprises that sponsor the company, that give money, that support the company. It relies on the most massive crowds of any football club or any sports club in the world. Indeed, only the Dallas Cowboys have a bigger average gate at 99,000. Mm-hmm. Portland's average gate of 81,000 is, is the biggest in soccer in the world. And yet they managed to keep the prices down. So essentially we have A very difficult situation, as Rafa Honigstein was saying on the show, that basically to be a coach, to take Dortmund to that level where they can actually beat Bayern... Who, let's face it, won the championship last zero nine years in a row? It's going to be tragically this season. Yeah. You know, you, you're talking about some kind of what they call a German kraft act. You know, mm. a, a real a real act of Herculean act, basically, for mm. what is the David of the Bundesliga, not the Goliath. We are not the Goliath. Bayern is the Goliath, and I think we have to remember that the whole concept of their classica Dortmund against Bayern. That classica in the past has been Dortmund Köln, Dortmund mm. Heisfahl, you know, Dortmund. Uh, um, sorry, sorry, Bayern Heisfahl, Bayern Köln, uh, Bayern Gladbach, Gladbach etc. Et over the decades. So I mean, I made this point in an interview with Adam Shergold of the of the um, of the Daily Mail that essentially, mm. you know, what I bring to it is just simply that I've been watching Dortmund since 1983. <laughs> yeah. Um And so essentially, I've seen many different stages of development the club's gone through. But I've never seen, let's say, an era when I felt personally that the club was as imbalanced. There was such an unbalanced squad mm-hmm. that there is right now in terms of the sheer volume, the number of players under 20, 21 years old that we're having to rely on and the lack of leadership. So many mm-hmm. Indians, so few chiefs. And what's impressed me so much has been that Adrian Terzic, with all the goodwill of the club, has been able to take us through a season where there's no support from the fans, essentially, in the stadiums, and we're just out there and we're doing our thing, and we're actually... He's turned it around. And I think that Terzic has proven to be that guy who actually could take Mm. a a club in a crisis Hmm. and could actually achieve what pretty much no one else could achieve. And that's why, for me, Edin Terzic is the Entdeckung des Jahres. He is the... Mm. He's, he's the guy the find of the season, not just yeah. for Dortmund, but for the Bundesliga. And I predict that Ezin is going to go on to great things, either in mm. England or in Germany. That's my perspective. That's what I think. But we've got some very key weaknesses. Yeah. And I really want to pin you down to which are the key positions that you've analysed that you think Dortmund needs to buy this summer under Marco Rosa. And Nico, Te- Nico Schulz is definitely one of them. I think we agree on that. Yeah.
0: Now time for a short announcement. If you love Borussia Dortmund, why not join us for a live game and have a couple of Dortmund Union beers at the Stamptich meetup of the official Borussia Dortmund fan club in London. We meet on match days at the Fitzroy Wine Cellar on Cleveland Street. For more details, head to our Facebook page or give us a call on 7459 394 And now back to the show yeah i i mean like i just a comment on the earlier points right like you you mentioned this this sort of disconnect intellectually or, or between your heart and your mind about where dortmund is, and i feel like you you understand it really well you know in terms of rationally right as a the position and then but but it's hard for your your heart to to accept that, right? That, that, that it's really only possible to win the league if, if Bayern have a, have a, a bad season. And they had a couple of bad seasons. So I, I think, like, it's, that the chance was there, unfortunately, under Lucien Favre, certainly in the first season. You know, um, I think to, to, to a lesser extent, uh, it was, it was also there. Um, probably would, might have, might have, I mean, I don't know, like, you know, with, with the Hansi Flick thing, nobody really expected that, right? So I think as much as people think it's a foregone conclusion, it really hasn't been a foregone conclusion that Bayern, win the league. And unfortunately, it's, it's coincided with the, with the time where Dortmund are might have even really been surpassed as the number two team by, uh, RB Leipzig, certainly in the performance results, uh, phase, so which is, which is, uh, you know, from a Dortmund fan perspective, which is not, that's something you want to see. Um, but yeah. And and it's, and it's where do you go forward and, and how do you, how do you, Fill up a a roster. I think, like, like I, like I said before, and I want to also comment a little bit on Terzic because you and I see this differently, but, um, I don't know, like, I don't think there's going to be much movement just in the sense that, like I said before, um, it's not, it's not really like, Dormans are not, they're not really like in that sense a buying club. Um, and when you have these young talent, like, the good thing about young talent in, in some ways is that, you know, you, as soon as you're not like explicitly competing for the title, and like for next season the bayern when you get nagosman who can we agree that he's the best coach in the bundesliga I, I can we
1: About 25 million for a coach well yeah i mean we, we can we can agree oh. on
0: that. we but, but i think you know you what your what you're, and this is like this is a discussion uh, an entirely different one but um you know, because he makes players better. I mean, Nico Schulz. We don't really need a better example than him. I mean, Nico Schulz before was a, a guy who was basically cut by heta and didn't really do do that well at Gladbach and, you know, kind of off the scrap heap and and turned him into a day day starter, Dortmund 25 minute. And and he did that with. It's also I think this is what I think people don't understand so much about the impact of coaches. And and I think it's it's, it's going in a direction we certainly see it this summer with. You know, the 7.5 million they paid for Adi Hütter, even Dortmund paying the yeah. 5 million for Marco Rosa, is that coaches make the difference because you, especially the ones who can quickly implement the style, and that's what all these guys, Rosa, has in common as well, um, yeah. that they have a style. Now, that's where I actually have some of my doubts on Terzic because I don't know if he necessarily has a style. Yeah. I like, like I, 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 and I'm kind of shocked that he has all of these reported offers. From like I saw Wolfsburg, I saw or at least, maybe not offers, but they're thinking of, right? Like at first it was oh, like Düsseldorf and Augsburg and then it went up to Bremen and then Wolfsburg. And yeah. I, I thought like Leverkusen. I mean, okay. I, I I don't I don't know. I mean I I I think in general, like he's a very likable guy, right? Like he's he's a guy who oh, yeah. connects with the players. Oh, he was you know, he's you know, basically a lifelong Dortmund fan, um, you know. Was an opposition analyst, um, and their Favre, and obviously part of the Slaven Village staff, and even before that. So, um, but yeah, 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 and and but but I don't know. Like I, I think like um, I mean just to put a little bit of numbers uh, context and maybe cool cool the fire that you have uh, inside of you <laughs> for a contest. Uh, he's got the same, you know, like like the so the Bundesliga points. Uh, it's 1.8, you know, per per. Uh, per match, and it's 1.73 for Favre, who was his worst season, like before that it was, I guess, overall Favre points is still 2.8, 2.08, so two point, almost 2.1. So, um, I think even Terzic, who's been on this incredible hot streak, um, but even on those 20 games, Dortmund have, you know, 36 points, which is, you know, fourth place, tied for fourth place with Wolfsburg. um, you know, and Leipzig have 40, Frankfurt have 43, Bayern have 47, so, it's, it's gotten better, of course, and I think it, 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 there's a lot of, you know, good signs, or I think we, we don't really, you know, I think uh, we should also put in the context of the Champions League run, which I don't think too many people expected, certainly the one against Sevilla, and Absolutely. what I thought was a, a very admirable performance against Manchester City, who are probably the favorites to win this. And then the, the Pokal, which, Okay, there's been a fortunate, you know, favorable draw against like the Paderborn and then Kiel oh. now. Kiel. You know, Kiel played 17, uh, in 17 days, they played seven matches because of, they had two, two different quarantines. So, uh, not exactly, they were not exactly going to be at the peak of their powers, but yeah, it's still, still, I mean, to be up for, four goals and for 32 minutes, nothing, nothing to really complain about. And without Erling Island, right? Like, so, um, that's definitely a credit to, to Terzic. To, to have achieved those things I, I just you know I just don't know like I think in, in statistical analysis they 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 use this thing called the new manager bounce which tends to mean that the you know things were so bad under Favre towards the end that like anything that you have over him and certainly someone who's more likable you you can you can see that like I mean I know it's not not a huge secret that Terzic and Humos are pretty close uh, probably a couple other guys um, I mean, there's, there's probably a, 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 team Terzic hashtag somewhere. So I, I think, you know, and, and this, this run has been amazing. Um, uh, last four or five games, uh, after, after it seemed like all hope was lost after the, you know, the loss against, uh, I mean, ironically kind of went the same exact way, I think, with the, uh, or, I mean, losing to Bayern, uh, beating Hertha comfortably and then, they switched up the kiln and Dortmund lost and draw. This is how it went with with Favre. But then uh, when they came back against Stuttgart, which I don't know if you remember, but like that first half, it wasn't wasn't great. And and I was like, this is Stuttgart team which is missing like half of their best players, and Dortmund were able to come back and then basically put away, you know, Raymond very comfortably Union um, uh, Berlin as well. And then uh, he
1: incorporates the spirit of Borussia. Yeah, yeah, yeah the way you incorporated it. He is one of us. He's a real Borussia. He's a much much
0: better, like, you know, he's a much much more, like, I don't know, attractive candidate or a much better sell if I want to be, like, really cynical about it. Of course, I understand that.
1: He's a real Borussia. He's a guy who incorporates the spirit. We can identify with him. The people in the region like him. He's one of us. He comes from the region. The fans like him. The players like him. He gets on. He's... You know, turned the club round and he's managing to get the results. What I'm just going to say is my final point about this is that B4B are punching above their weight. Mm-hmm. Team is unstable and Rosa needs to identify some talented players who've got some history behind them that are able to stabilise this situation if we're going to get back to where we were in 1819, which you correctly mm-hmm. identify was, you know, right up there, literally competing one-to-one with Bayern Munich. And Hansi Flick leaving and Nagelsmann coming, it's not going to weaken Bayern, I don't think. <laughs> so, you know, we may see Championship 10 and 11 coming for FC Bayern yeah. Munich before we're actually able to You know, turn things around unless Rosa is given some money, and in order to get some money, he's going to have to sell. They're going to have to sell Erling Haaland and Jadon Sancho this summer, and that I think would be a big loss for the club. So finally, which positions would you hire for? What difference is Marco Rosa going to make for you, Mm -hmm. and where will Dortmund end up? Yeah,
0: I mean, like first of all, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of Marco Rosa, even though that you know things things have not gone well. I mean, since that Köln game and, and, although they are kind of, now they're in the European Conference League spots. So, um, but I, I think like what I like about Rosa is, 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 obviously he has a very clear style and, and his, his, his coaching staff with Alex Sikler or, or René Maric, who, um, you know, uh, somebody that, uh, I have some connections to with Spilford-Lagerung as well. Yeah. Um, they, they think about the game very deeply and they can implement their style and, and um you know the, that and i think it, it make, made a lot of sense uh, now obviously you know how that went about and you know that, but that's not something you can't really control like the, the the sort of you know, nobody really knew like what 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 what, what is it's gonna the domino effect right like but and it's very normal in germany to have these kind of moves as we saw with you know bayern coaching nagelsmann and, and upa meccano which is the, the best the best two leipzig guys so just to further back up your point about how much the dominance they have so That's and right. i think with Rosa, it, typically his strengths are um um having a, a positional play but it's a quick vertical style so it's 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 a little bit like i think a more organized or a better better version of, of terzic and um, so some, something that something that they do a much more intensive pressing and um, you know, uh, they they play vertically. They they play. Uh, they have very like I mean, the variability. I think I think is going to be a big point because with Terzic, we really only saw a four-two-three-one with a four-three-three. Um, Rosa can play as we saw a lot of times with the back three as well. He can have. I mean, I think Dortmund have those kind of like I think we saw Demirchian, who's 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 capable of switching even during the game, uh, to to a third center back position. Um, oh boy, I've
1: I hate seeing Tez uh, Chan playing in the back three. That, for um, me,
0: is
1: absolute
0: yeah. tragedy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I actually, I'm not, I'm not sure, like, he's, um, he sometimes I feel like he takes a little too much of the blame. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the set pieces, which, which I think Dortmund have been, you know, fairly poor and Favre <laughs> <Epavra laughs> is not somebody yeah. who yeah, yeah. Favre is that something, that's someone who really focuses on that now with, 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 uh, with the Groza and his staff. It's particularly Alex Sickler, who's the one who focuses on that. Like they do a really good job and they're always among the league leaders at that. So I think that that will be an improvement because you can just buy cheap goals. I mean, you, you mentioned Atletico Madrid. I mean, they're, have <laughs> been legendary and it's, you know, could be as much as like, you know, half a goal a game or a little bit less statistically. So, um, I mean, and, 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 and I think, I think Dortmund really need to embrace that as well. Yes. I, in terms of the positions, like, I, I, I agree with you with the positions of need. I just don't think that like, this is going to be the summer where much is going to happen, right? Like, with the Morin yeah, injury, it's, it's going to be further hard, you know, Piszek is, Piszek is, is, is back, going back to Poland. So, uh, obviously, you know, it really kind of leaves you Thomas Munier as, as the starter or like, I guess, is <laughs> there. So, but I don't know, like, I mean, that's the problem is that you, the, the, the amount of, uh, you know, fullbacks who are, Affordable, or like let's say like in or around the Bundesliga, yeah, um, that Dortmund would feel comfortable with. Very like it, not, there's not not too many of them, right? Like I mean even like and the problem is that like even like somebody like Arid the Baku, who before he moved to Wolfsburg, like he would have been a great you know target for Dortmund because he can play right back, he can play like you know like a number eight, he can play right midfield, like he'd be a perfect time. But like now he's now he's probably like out of the price range, right? Because like. He's, he's had a really successful season at Wolfsburg. Like now there's, you know, half the Premier League is interested in him. Like I, I always get these questions about, you know, oh, read LeBaku to Arsenal or Everton. Like I, I get, I get a lot of these, get a lot of these requests now. Um, and, you know, he's going to play the Euros probably and, and that's going to even up his value. So, and, and that, that's why I'm where, you know, Dortmund are paying for the sticker price or the outlier season. So, that's, that's, that's the issue now with, with left back. I think it's less of a problem because you've got Guerrero, who also has looked amazing under Terzic when he can play, particularly because he's the guy who's the best at evading pressure and building up. And I think he's, yes. he's the one who's really key. I think he actually will be even better. Um, because like what you saw with, with, like, I don't know if you saw like Salzburg and Rosa, but what they got out of like Andy Ulmer, who, um, is a legendary player in the Austrian leagues, but you know, he's, he's not, you know, I mean, so, but, so, you know what, what they can do with Guerrero. So, I think that'll be Akanji and Hummels will take a step forward. Maybe even like Zagadu, who you really need a left-footed center back, who, if he can come back, they'll be, they'll be further. So I think there's, there's actually, like, I mean, I, it's weird because I, I, I think, you know, you don't really don't need it more attacking players. I probably, I think there's gonna be some more sales that and and that's where I think the key to your question is is that if Dortmund can say like like find somebody to buy a Julian Brandt or find somebody to to buy like a Thorgen Hazard or maybe somebody will come in with a crazy offer for Bellingham right like you know I don't know um, maybe uh, you know Manchester United or you know i mean uh it's tough to you probably know the English market better than I do, but um. If you get the Sancho money and then you maybe sell somebody else, like from that, like yeah, whatever right. you can get for some of those, yeah, you can you can then think about you know buying someone. But um, it's not it's not too many you know alternatives, and, and and I think you know you you don't want to like every like Dortmund are gonna have to overpay for some of these players, and it's partic- particularly like with young fullbacks. There's really like there's not that many of them out there who you know. Leipzig don't really play with natural fullbacks, you know, or Bayern play Pavar, who's a centre-back and, and so on and so on. So it, it's kind of tough uh, and you need them to be playmakers, you need them to be workhorses, you need them to be defensively side-like. The, the, the perfect fullback almost doesn't exist.
1: You so, made some great points and let me just pin it down to one player. Uh, how good is Koulibaly coming in? Do we know anything about him?
0: uh yeah i wish I, I wish I could tell you that i that i would but uh, you know seeing that he's uh, seventeen and i don't really you know that's not that's that's kind of a little bit beyond my <laughs> my capabilities to 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 scout at that level but uh, um I do want to actually give you the the sort of you, you mentioned i should pick between league finish and the pokal um, i yeah i mean i i don't know like i I, I feel maybe a little bit better about the league finish, although, like, I am on record on the TV show that we did as like, you know, uh, Dortmund are not gonna make the Champions League. So I feel like I should stick to that, but seeing as this yeah. is a Borussia Dortmund fan podcast, I, I, I think that would be <laughs> a little bit, uh, I don't know, rough if I said no. So I, I think they're, they're, they're gonna do it, but, 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 but probably, I mean, I don't think we'll know much more about this weekend because really, to me, this, this match against Leipzig, uh, in the league is, 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 the key one. Um, and it's nice that it's at home. And generally, I think, um, for, for the last couple of years, Dortmund have gotten even, you know, Roman Brookie mistakes now standing, but have gotten favorable results. And certainly, like, um, when they didn't outplay Leipzig, they won, but then when they outplayed them, they didn't always win. So I, I actually think that this, this could be, um, the, the time to do it. Leipzig don't really have that much to play for. I think for them, the Pokal is, is much more, uh, important in terms of Nagelsmann winning a trophy. And, but more importantly, like, I think, uh, can, I think if, the, if Dortmund win against Leipzig, they, they will, they will make the Champions League because then Leipzig play against Wolfsburg and that should be, that should be a good enough, uh, good enough result. So I'll go for that. And then with the Pokal, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I mean, if Dortmund have been amazing in that not but, um, I I feel less optimistic about that.
1: Yeah. I'm with you there, Abel. I'm with you, and uh, I'm 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 so glad that you're analysing the Bundesliga and not another league because uh, this uh, league really benefits from uh, people who can analyse things to the detail that you can, and people like you and Lars and so on. And I'll continue to follow your work, and it's as I said, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to have people like you and Rafa Honigstein and so on on the show. And uh, thank you so much. And I'm going to give my prediction. I think uh, you know, in terms of points, I'm going to say four points between the two matches. You can divide them whichever way you want to <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. Although it's not very complicated to guess what I'm saying, but essentially, yeah, I think we will end up with the Champions League and I uh, place, but I am not sure about the uh, silverware. uh, And uh, it's left to be seen, basically. But uh, if Terzic does it, I do predict a very bright future for him. I think the biggest mistake this season was letting Hakimi go. Um, He's one of the greatest talents I think we've seen Mm in years. And he may end up at Bayern Munich, which I think would be heartbreaking. At the end of the day, um, you know, uh, it's been a, a very surprising season in so many ways for so many of us and so many of our lives and uh you know um it's, it'll be exciting to see what Marco brings in and what I feel listening to you today is that Marco Rosa is going to bring in uh, a lot more stability and a lot more options in terms of the play uh, and uh, I agree with you entirely this summer we're not going to see many transfers in uh, unless something majorly dynamic happens uh, and uh you know, that could or could not be positive. Um, at the end of the day, uh, we will wait and see what happens, and uh, we live in exciting times. Um, Abel, when can, where can people reach you uh, if they want to um, get in touch, if they hear yeah. something? Probably Facebook.
0: Uh, well, I have a Facebook page as well, but I think it's, uh, most of the stuff that I have there is not so much in English. But uh, Twitter like, is, is the most frequent one, which is at BundesPL. Um so that's that's probably the best way. And thank you so much for inviting me. It's really really has been a pleasure.
1: It's been great talking to you. Thank you so much and uh, keep it Bundesliga. Um God bless you. Thank you Abel and enjoy the rest of the week.